Hello, and welcome to Bad End Podcast, episode number 104. We've made it. I am back this week with my co-host, Kyle. My name is actually Josh Calixto. I should introduce myself. I got Kyle Cookstill sitting right here. And we're going to talk to Kyle a little bit, because this is a very special, special time in Kyle's life. We plugged (laughs) his game on the show before. But we got to take at least a little bit. Yeah. Let, let's let's talk about your game, Kyle, because some big stuff happened yesterday. And I yes. feel like our listeners want to know about it because I feel like we would talk about this on the show, even if, you know, you if, even if there were I would, I a, would quote, probably play my own interest. game. Yeah. I would probably play yeah. the game that I'm making. Yeah. It, uh, it was before we talk about it, too. I am talking to uh, Gareth Damian Martin of Heterotopia's. They are working on Citizen Sleeper, um, and we're trying to get a little superculture cooking going. We might do a special episode where we talk a little about just game development stuff between me and Gareth and maybe one other special guest you can look forward to. So look forward to that cooking maybe in a month or two. Unclear. I'm about to... What we're, what we're going to talk about was a lot, so I'm going to go on vacation <laughs> for almost two weeks, so it won't be any time before that, but... I'll just, I'll tease that and say yes. So, um, this past, what today is when we're recording this is Saturday on Thursday, we've sort of fully announced, um, the video game I'm working on, which is called Cantata. Uh, we had a debut launch trailer and we also announced our publisher partner. So we are being published by modern wolf, who is a great publisher. They really support kind of weird strategy stuff. Uh, Cantata is a turn-based tactical strategy wait, game set in a spiritual sci-fi world. So they're a perfect partner for that. Oh, um, wait, I got something for the video watchers. Oh, you got to Oh, bring it up, man. Yeah, it's a trailer. You can show it. Uh, so Josh is going to run this. But yeah, so basically we launched this trailer as that you're going to see on the video. Uh, this trailer was part of IGN has an awesome Indies event. They did as part of Gamescom this year. And we debuted the trailer as part of that. Uh, that was really cool. And then at the same time, we launched a demo on Steam, which I don't know, this probably won't go live um, before the demo is over, maybe. I'm not, I'm not super sure. Um, but that'll be live right now on Steam. People are playing it. They're giving us feedback. So we've just sort of blown open the doors on everything. We've revealed uh, all, oh, not all, but a lot of the new character art uh, which was done by Artem Trakhanov, who you may know if you're a Superculture fan. Uh, he's the same guy who did the Disco Elysium uh, podcast art, Savoir Fair. And he also did the art for the uh, Berserk show that we're running, Idea of Evil. So if you like his art that he's done for that stuff, he is the lead character artist. I mean, he's the character artist on Cantata. Uh, he's not doing the pixel art. That is someone else named Vitaly. Uh, but Artem is doing all the character art. So if you like his style, uh, definitely check out Cantata because it is chock full of Artem goodness. Um, and yeah, so it's been sort of a wild ride uh, since basically Wednesday when the demo went live. Oh yeah, the trailer's running now in the video. Um, so yeah, this was his art. So we did, uh, he basically, it's, it's actually crazy. This is a lot of people made this trailer happen. So Artem did, the sort of art, the static art itself. And then we worked with an external trailer company that actually cut the trailer and they actually sort of hand keyframed and animated um, a lot of this trailer. So any of this stuff that's moving 
that the trailer company actually straight up animated it, which was, I was blown away, honestly. All of the, most of the art in the trailer is just, was literally delivered to them as a static art asset that you'll see at the end of the trailer. So like kudos to them, uh, Jeremy and Oliver just totally crushed it. So yeah, so in the trailer, you're seeing a preview of the three factions in the game. The demo is just the uh, Reign of Harmony and Prosper. So there's three other, or sorry, there's two other factions on top of them. And you're sort of seeing previews of them in the trailer. Um, you're getting a little bit of tease of the story. So the story is kind of like weird sci-fi inspired by like Jeff Vandermeer and Anne Leckie. Um, sort of Dune as well, a little bit, uh, but more like Jodorowsky Dune, less like uh, Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Less Denis Villeneuve. Less Denis Villeneuve Dune. More like Jodorowsky Dune. So if that sounds like your jam, um, check it out wishlist us on steam so yeah it's been uh it's been wild and i appreciate josh uh pushing the push on the podcast uh, a few Dude. days so we could we could talk a little bit about it but yeah it's no. been it's been wild it was just crazy to see the trailer and see this come to life because it's like this has been obviously the thing you've been working on for such a long time to see it yeah. start coming to fruition is just awesome I feel like our listeners would love the crap out of this thing too so definitely check out the trailer <laughs> um go and download that demo it's 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 a demo on steam yeah it's a demo you can play it on steam it's like it's a little tedious but i will say the art is lovely and you can get like a good (laughs) you can get a good hour out of it and if you get tired of a bite then i won't hold it against you kyle um, just criticism just slamming his own listen man it's true it's true it's true listen (laughs) we had some really good feedback i don't want to hide it I will say the hope for the game in part that I'm very open about is that people will come in for the like killer art, both the pixel art and the character art, and we'll sort of trick them into playing a supply management and logistics tactics game. So, (laughs) I mean, also it's cool that you're like using this as a chance to make the game better. Like the demo feels very much like you're taking a lot of input and using it to create a better game which is dope you got a lot of you got a lot of people who are like giving feedback in there and stuff so yeah we got a discord we got if you want to get involved with cantata stuff the links everywhere um if you're watching this right now we're doing a developer q a tomorrow so if you want to check that out 10 a.m eastern but you probably won't because only a few number small number of people are watching this now well in a way you're kind of watching a developer q a right now you are, yeah. Right. If anyone has any questions, I'll answer them. But um, yeah, man, it's been wild. It's been wild to just like, uh, like have have it out, but like both like have it out and then sort of seeing it be received in the world, especially because I think the demo really represents the sort of the full vision of what the game is supposed to be. And for a very long time, it was very hard to see that because we needed more art, we needed more. There was missing mechanics, all this stuff. So to see people actually play it and respond to it and like even just like streaming it on Twitch is like totally wild. It's like people care and they're like, I was watching someone who was like streaming it in German today because it's global. <clears throat> and that well, this thing's global too. That was the other crazy part is that it's just live on Steam. So like literally anybody on Steam can go and find the demo. So we don't really, we're at a, it, the more people have tried the game in the past like three days than you know, the whole lifetime of the game's development. So uh, it's been wild and yeah, we got written up in Rock Creeper Shotgun and Destructoid and a few others and they were pretty positive on the game. So I'm hopeful for a good launch. I think it will find an audience and 
will do enough to like attract the sort of hardcore strategy people as well. So, well, I mean, you got the <sighs> unofficial cantata street team. Got the unofficial right cantata here. street team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> handing out pro- promo flyers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, congrats. Thanks, it's man. awesome. It's come into life and it's you already got so many people who are like just loving the art and loving what the game is. And I think it's like a testament to your great taste as exhibited <laughs> here on Bad End Podcast. Thank you. Yes. Your discerning taste. So discerning taste. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been a now you now I'm gonna go on vacation in like a few days. Just, <laughs> just like fuck off to the beach. Yeah, so we we push back yeah. a week because this lets Kyle record this episode before he goes on his vacation and then when he gets back. So yeah, take that well needed rest and uh, we'll see Oof, you back in a I couple weeks. It. Anyway, yeah. thanks for coming to bad empire. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some let's talk other about video, video games. games. Yeah. I mean, we, this, we were talking about video games, but um, there's other video games. I want to lead in with one that I don't know if you'll have enough to talk about, but it's also sort of cantata adjacent, so it might be a good uh, segue. Okay. Have you played Humankind? I have not, but I've, okay. I'm kind of interested, but the reviews I've seen make it seem very, like, numbers optimization-ish. Yeah, so Humankind is the uh, latest game by Amplitude Studios, who you might know from making Endless Space and Endless Legend and uh, maybe one other I'm forgetting, but I think definitely those two. And they like humankind is basically their, I think from their perspective, it was their answer to civilization. So endless space was sort of like a master of Orion space for XE type game. Endless legend was like kind of its own thing. It was sort of like Civ, but it was way more focused on like tactical RPG stuff, um, which was really cool. And then humankind is like very much them saying like, we want to compete with civilization. And let me tell you, Josh, playing humankind, my biggest takeaway is like, I'm just going to play civilization. Like it's, it's very like, I wish they would have done, they would have like done more amplitude type stuff. Then like, it feels like this feels like a step back where like endless legend was very sort of progressive in a lot of its ideas about what, um, a civilization like 4xe type game could be and this is just like oh it's just civilization uh there are some like cool sort of innovations but none of them are really enough to make me be like oh yeah why would i not play civilization it's just sort of the same thing so uh it's weird it is free on game pass so <laughs> you can go play it for free uh if you want to try it out um, but like as someone who like, as we just discussed, is literally making sort of a large scale tactical strategy game, uh, I consider it um, imperative of me to play these things. And I was playing this one and I was like, ah, I don't know. It is a lot of numbers optimization. It's a lot of like pick between these two options that have a flavorful name, but really just one of them gives you plus 2% and one of them gives you plus 1% and a plus 1% in another area. So it's like a big veneer around some sort of spreadsheety type spread spreadsheet spreadsheet and uh, it's pretty like it is it is really nice and some of the ideas are cool but like if you don't like civilization or civilization style games like this is not going to uh it's not going to sway you <laughs> friend of the show Cameron Kunzelman uh made a point on Twitter to say like civil human said humankind is a game for people who like 
were mad that they didn't use their whole brain on every civilization turn. I think that's like sort of relevant because like every turn you're just trying to like optimize little numbers bonuses. And I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah. Cause like Civ is already so complex that it's like, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. You know, and really like Civ is like weird for like a lot of its own reasons. Um, I think civilization six is really good. I think some people would disagree with me, but I, I was just listening to the three moves ahead podcast on him, humankind. And they sort of made a funny point to say that amplitude studios with humankind has sort of made civilization three. Like it's sort of like <laughs> an older interpretation of civilization. And it's not really building off of what happened with five or six. Right. Um, so in some ways it's more simple, but then in other ways it's like, eh, I don't know. Maybe it's really good in a few expansions, which is also the case with like Civilization Five. Civilization Six, though, is just in such a strong position now. And I think they're even working on Seven that it's hard to see. Like even in this video we're watching now, I know the people who are listening to the podcast can't hear this. Like the person is mousing around on tiles and just seeing like, you know, just giant stacks of, of like numbers, plus dude. benefits. It's like, here's 15 bulleted lists of like all these reasons this is like at this number because you're getting plus 1% from this, plus 10% from this, plus 15% from this, and plus 2% I mean, from this. And it is interesting. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like the the like typography and design kind of, it really feels utilitarian in a way that like Civ doesn't, you know? It feels very yeah, like Civ streamlined UI type stuff, which is not bad in and of itself, but it feels very like you got to make those numbers work, bro. You, you got to make those numbers work, baby. Yeah, it's very... Hit your quotas. It's like Intuit software, you know, like TurboTax <laughs> looking <laughs> design, you know? It's like you're using Salesforce. Look right at this. So Look like, at this. Yeah. Look at these rounded corners, this sans serif. I was like, I was My playing it and Rebecca... Management. This Rebecca looks like, like came into software, my room dude. and she was like, she's like, this looks like a job. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it and it's, does. and they do this. I guess like one thing I'm mean, to, to the benefit of the game. Some people don't like this, but I do sort of like the system. You can see it here mm -hmm. in the trailer too. They do do the same thing. They do an endless legend where combat sort of spills out onto like a mini map on the map. So instead of something like Civ, where it's just like two units sort of butting heads, when you fight a battle, it becomes an actual sort of tactical encounter, but often, but you can also auto resolve those battles. And like, oftentimes the battles are just like, wait for the motorcycle. The battles are just like not really worth fighting. So you end up just sort of ignoring the whole system anyways. <laughs> it's also really funny, like talking about this game because Cantata is like so much a direct response to this type of design that it's so easy for me in like the headspace of designing cantata to like, look at this and be like, I don't like this for these reasons. And I'm like doing something about it, but it's, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people based on the reviews are really expecting kind of a bigger leap for what this was. And this is like, not that, but like I said, free on game pass y'all. So go check that shit out. Uh, there's really no reason not to, unless you don't want to, play that type of thing. Um, yeah, I was, I'm like, I'm not disappointed because I wasn't like really looking forward to it. I actually don't really like a lot of Amplitude's games um, for like various reasons. So I was sort of excited to play something that was more maybe in my wheelhouse of playing a Civ game and it's fine. Like it's, 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 Civ it's, I don't, I just, I just don't know why you would not play Civ six and you would play humankind instead of unless you're like a huge Amplitude stand.
Uh, and maybe those people exist. I think if anything, their best position for this is that like, if they get in a sort of like Treyarch infinity ward cycle where like Firaxis releases Civ six and then three years later, amplitude does like humankind two, And then the three years after that Firaxis does Civ seven. And then three years after that humankind three, like if they can sort of cycle it where the people are always getting a new Civ game on the off year when the other company isn't making one. Like, I think that's a totally valid strategy because Civ games don't come out super often. Maybe that's enough of an audience. Uh, and good for them for finding that. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I do want to keep playing it. I've got my save going, but yeah. To the games last, is it like the same game length as Civ? Does it seem? Yeah, it might be a little shorter. The end, the end game is like really like, I don't say this lightly. It's like straight up unfinished. Um, uh, oh, interesting. So I think that, uh, it sort of just kind of ends. It's very much like, oh. it's very like Civ 3. You like sort of get to a certain point. It's like, you did it. Yay. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So check it I'm, out if you like strategy games. Uh, if you don't like strategy games, you should wish this Cantata on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played a game that we talked about a long time ago on this show. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, What'd you play? And I, well, I, I have been, I've, been playing i haven't finished it but it's uh eliza dude oh yeah man this game is pretty pretty awesome honestly like, yes i am hell yeah pretty floored like i know i remember you and katie both i believe were into it yeah. right yeah and um but i just didn't realize like what it was the level that it was gonna be at until i started playing it's like pretty incredible um we talked about it briefly but like it's a game where you're playing as this woman who's working in essentially like a silicon valley of the near-ish future where there's this like amazon-ish company called skanta that has a new siri-esque program called eliza but it's like mental health services um and it basically uses machine learning to like analyze patients um and it like talks to them except instead of having just like your phone talk to you they've set up these centers where you can talk to a quote proxy which is just like a person who sits there and reads the script that eliza is telling it to say to the person and i didn't realize that like this was kind of the concept of this game but um yeah it's it's wild because like you play as this person who's a proxy um evelyn and you go in and you have these sessions with people and you're listening to them like you're sitting in on basically these like mental health counseling um, therapy sessions and you're just reading off a script that you're being told by Eliza, which is like really, really wild. And it just deals with like all these implications of technology, mental health, the ethics of tech in society as we kind of like move forward and tackles them in like a really pretty smart way that. Yeah, I feel like it would be so difficult to deal with. And I just the art is amazing. Like the way that they create these screens with like this screen here that we're w watching on the podcast uh, on the, the video version. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of like listening to this guy talk to you, but you see all his readouts of like his heart rate, vocal distress. You see like the waveforms of how he's speaking. And then you're seeing like the machine kind of register like what he's saying. If he says a word it's 
analyzing, oh, he said the word hollow and it says like negative connotation, like in mm -hmm. brackets. And so it's like, it's just really wild. Cause it's like, it feels like this is what a computer would actually be doing if this kind of software actually existed. But it's like the, the script is really well written. The it's also fully voiced, which I think was the big, that was a big kicker for me was that like, it's the whole, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like every person in the game is voiced and it's really, it's like really good voice acting. So I think for something that like is talking about mental health and you're like literally sitting in on therapy sessions, it could have been like so heavy handed or something. And I think they like the, they've like done such a good job both in casting these voice actors and also who they have to represent which people like, I feel like I can still hear voices of certain characters that are just so perfectly matched to the person who's like avatar. They are. That's like, yes. just really brings you in super well. Yeah. And to me, yeah, this is like a very like for adults type game. It feels to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the, I guess, right reasons I would say, but yeah, is I'm there, digging it. I don't want to spoil it necessarily. Is there like a, do you know who Evelyn is pretty early on? Uh, like, yeah, sort of. Okay. I, I guess like, is it, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it. She's, I mean, I don't really know, but like they're hinting at it, like that she has this past of like okay. the role well, she guess, played in like this technology. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I guess like at a high level, basically she, Evelyn, the person you're playing as was like involved at, with Skanda in some capacity. I won't say how. Um, and I think like one thing that's also worth remembering is that uh, Zach Barth, I think is his name. One of the lead people at uh, Zachtronics who made Eliza like worked. They like, he like lives and works in Seattle. Zachtronics is in Seattle and Zach specifically worked at Valve. Um, who is like sort of notorious in the past few years is exploring like brain computer interface technology. And so I think one thing that's happening, which makes Eliza so potent is that the developer team that's working on it has sort of like very real knowledge, and understanding of the way this, like these uh, tech corporations work in a way that paints them in sort of a more morally gray area, which isn't mm. to say that it's like Amazon's not bad. Like there's pretty clearly like, uh, like some, there, there are like moral lines that are discussed, but they're done with this sort of nuance that comes, I think only from being inside the thing that you're critiquing. And I think that's what makes Eliza so powerful is that it feels like critique levied at like Silicon Valley from the mindset of people who have actually been in there and are like have enough distance to critique it. And Evelyn's character specifically as someone who sort of has moved in and out of these companies gives the game this ability to go to certain places, both from like a character perspective and thematically that um, I think is just like, you only get that if you already know. And so like as someone like me personally, who's like been inside of not like huge tech companies, but I've like done the startup VC circuit and stuff. Like I, a lot of what they're saying here rings like ultra true for how these things are perceived. Um, and how they sort of move through culture and as well as like the decisions these people are making. Yeah. It's just the characterization is like so on point. Yeah. It really and gets in the yeah. weeds with it, which I'm digging in it. Like one of the things is that you're kind of dealing with at first is like, I hate that I have to read off this script. Like I wish I could just kind of talk to this person and just, you know, customize the script a little bit to like make it more me or whatever. But yeah. then they're like, no, it's better to just, you're talking to your kind of boss. Who's just like, 
very she's drank the Kool-Aid and yeah. she's telling you like, you know, everyone thinks that they could, you know, play therapist, but like, if it was that easy, therapist wouldn't exist basically. You know, it's like, it is definitely its own job. And like, we have this machine that's like whole role is to like play it. But it's like, at the same time, you're like, you get that. But at the same time, it's like, it does feel very inhuman when you're partaking in these sessions. Um, but yeah, it, it has this really great sense of presence too, of like, man, I'm here and I'm experiencing mm-hmm. this, this thing and I have like a lot of weird feelings about it. And then you kind of process those after the fact, but yeah, it's a really dope game. I highly and recommend checking it out. The other thing too, I'll say that is not apparent from, if you watch any sort of footage of this game, the therapy sessions are actually like not the whole thing. Like there's, I want to say the game takes like four or five hours to beat. Maybe it's like sort of short, maybe three. I don't really remember. And like the therapy stuff is like 10 or 15% of like every scene in the game. Mm. Cause I think that when I first saw the trailers and stuff, I was like, Oh, like you're just doing therapy the whole time. And like, it's going to get in some weird, like iRobot thing where you're like, reject the therapy and break the third wall and save society. And it's like, not that the therapy is sort of just, it's, it's something that you do, but it's part of this like larger tapestry, both of other things that are going on and other people and other characters. And the therapy stuff just, just kind of puts you, it like sort of centers what you're doing and puts, it puts real stakes to the sort of human angle of a lot of these like moral discussions about technology, but it is not like a game about like overcoming the machine to like help people or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that was, that was like caught me by surprise. And I think it's worth knowing if you've, if you've seen the trailers and you're like, I don't want to sit in therapy sessions for four hours. I have great news. You don't have to do that. <laughs> so yeah. there's like a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. It's like a visual novel with therapy sessions. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of different like establishing environments and places yeah. where you talk and people you talk to and it's got a nice variety, but um, I think we can move on to the 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 big one I think we want to talk about this week. Oh, it's sort of relevant. Which is 12 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, What she got for me, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> I would, the first thing I want to say is that I was, uh, I was sad to miss when we talked about telling lies because I feel like <laughs> a lot of my same, like, I have a lot of similar frustrations with telling lies that I did not get to air on this podcast that 12 minutes... Uh, fortunately for me also commits the sins of <laughs> so <laughs> interesting interesting okay uh did you finish 12 minutes 12 minutes yeah. no i fuck i just, i got so tired of it i literally like i got i think about halfway done and i was like fuck this I don't and care you got anymore. like a bug thing that prevented i think i might have got a on. bug but like we can okay let's take a step back <laughs> okay josh what is 12 minutes 12 minutes is a sort of point and click i guess I wouldn't call it an adventure game because it takes place in a single room. Um, but it is a time loop game, which is not really a spoiler. I feel you, you figure that out very early on. Um, yeah. but because you know, each loop is 12 ish minutes. Well, the first loop is probably a lot shorter than that because so you're going to fuck something up. Yeah. But, um, you are this guy who gets home from work. Uh, you're with your wife and this is going to be a little bit, a little bit into spoiler territory, but again, just stuff that you figure out on the first loop. But, you know, you're kind of eating dinner with your wife, uh, just talking about stuff. And 
a cop comes into a guy calling himself a cop. I mean, it's it's very clear that the guy the dude does not look like a cop. He comes in and he's like, "Get your ass on the ground." He like tells you to. Uh, he basically like puts you and your wife in handcuffs and then just murders you uh, in cold blood, saying that he that your wife did something and that he's coming there to basically like exact revenge. I don't want to get into too much detail on that because that stuff is a little bit more plot specific, but yeah, he comes in, he kills you and then you wake up uh, walking back into the apartment, the same as you did the first time. And you got to play the whole thing over again and try to break out of the time loop. That's the game. But you, like click on stuff it's like a single apartment three bedroom yeah apartment. you're like you're like looking at like a top down apartment. view of an apartment it's almost like a floor plan but it's it's an actual like house so you're like looking down you're clicking stuff yes um i don't know where to start with this game do you have any opening thoughts oh, oh man it feels like dinner theater or like a college play <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah where it it's feels like, very like like even like we, it's funny to say Chekhov. It feels sort of Chekhov esque. <laughs> yeah, it's like people uh, who really respect art and the theater, and they've got like very highfalutin ideas about things, and they want to like create an effective story and talk about the human condition. But it's like so kind of like ham fisted and like trying to so hard to the point where it's like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. And a lot of times it feels like it's kind of just being edgy for the sake of being edgy, which there's nothing wrong with being edgy, but it, it doesn't work for me a lot of the time. Yeah, I think like so the um the way the game works is that it is, is sort of like Josh said, it's a time loop. So you're sort of trying to like actually you don't know. That's one of my main complaints with this game. Your objectives are really poorly defined. You don't really know at any given moment what you're really trying to do, um, which fucking sucks. It like sucks to play that, to be like, did I do the thing? Like, I don't really know if this is done. And the game is very sort of not, it doesn't give you anything, which I feel like is one of these like bullshit, like we're making an artistic game choices. And it's, it just doesn't hit because what it means is that it breeds just like immense frustration. So we're not talking like monkey Island level, sort of like bullshit adventure game puzzles, but there's just like parts of this game where I, I was playing it with my wife uh, and we both just like audibly sighed. We were just like, fuck this. Like, this is not fair. This is not cool. This is not interesting. You just lied to me. So, uh, I feel like we should, we should just, we, can we just like gloves off, talk about this game? Cause I want to talk about specific parts of this game. Yeah. At this point, it's like, you already know. This game is just, it, this game is so frustrating so to play. Spoilery. And I think that it's hard to like talk Territory. about it without talking about stuff. Okay. First thing that fucking blows. So we'll you find stamp. out pretty timestamp here. Spoilers start now for 12 minutes. Uh, first spoiler. It takes more than 12 minutes to play. What the fuck? Come on. <laughs> So you figure out pretty early on, you have to like look in the air vents to like find something. Um, and you walk around the house and it's pretty apparent that there's like two air vents and you look inside both of them and you don't see anything. And then like you have to like basically go through the sequence of events 
where you have the cop who's coming in tell you or have your wife tell the cop where this thing is at. And, oh, spoilers, it's under the medicine cabinet, which, oh, you didn't mouse to the very bottom of the screen when you were looking at the medicine cabinet to find out that there's an air vent under there that you couldn't see from your top-down view? Ha, huh, fuck you, sorry you wasted your time doing a whole loop to get this thing. And like, when that happened, I was like, this game's gonna suck. Like, there, it doesn't, like, reward intuition and exploration for that. It, like, hard locks you at these story beats that are, like, so fucking annoying. Where I was like, I don't care how this specific thing happens. I'm trying to like, you're giving me a position where I can be smart and try to like solve this puzzle, but then you're actually not giving me all the information. So I can't actually solve it with what I have. I have to like do your like dumb sequence of events that like I get the small morsel of information that I actually need to do the puzzle. And like once that broke, I was just like against this game from the start. Same thing with like the fucking refrigerator shit with like pulling the photo off. It is like not obvious what is actually interactable in this thing. There's like some stuff that's like very clearly interactable, but like, oh, you needed a memory. It was the photo. Oh, you had to actually go up there, even though the camera sort of tilts down and doesn't really show you. You can click this thing. And I was like, it's just like shit. Like there's other stuff. Okay. I'll, I'll let you go. Okay. I'm just like, it made me like actively mad to play this no, game where I was so like, like, I want to like this and I want to be smart and figure out your puzzle, but you are making me hate this game. There are so much like better. There's so many better examples of like, I feel like what you're talking about here, which is that like, there's so many things It's like, okay, this guy comes into your apartment and kills you and your wife. All right. Then, so if you reround, you started that day over, you fucking murder that guy when he comes in. Right. But no matter what you try to do, you can't like, incapacitate this guy like i literally and you hit, don't know that until I, you do a loop you need that. to spend the next 10 minutes of your life trying to do it only for it to fail like i hide in the closet with a knife and then he goes looking for the through the apartment is anyone else here no no no. he's like arresting your wife his back is to you you open up the thing and then you stab him and he turns around and knocks you out and then you have to start the loop over and it's like that is clearly like a locked thing where you just can't kill him that way like you can't hide in the closet you can't hide in the bathroom you can't do this so like what you have to do, okay, spoiler alert, like the only way <laughs> that this will work, okay, for you to incapacitate this guy who breaks into your apartment is you have to fucking, this is insane, okay? You have to drug your own wife with sleeping yes. pills. So that Imagine she Imagine playing this game with my wife. So she goes like, to her fucking what? bed and she falls asleep on it and you need your light switch in that room is broken right you have to turn off the light switch and then when it gets turned on it'll electrocute you so you do that you can die of that earlier in the game and you have to use that to your advantage so then the guy comes the fucking the cop comes he goes into the room sees your wife asleep on the bed and then he tries to turn off the light and he gets electrocuted but of course he doesn't die and he just fucking knocks out and then and also the stupid bullshit about the light switch too is that if you go in and turn it on you see a little spark and your guy's like oh but like he's fine so there's nothing that's even telling you like Oh, hey, this light will like kill someone if they touch it. Oh, I died because I found that out because like I died to it. If you just, yeah, you just like did a loop to like you have to like, a lot. no, the light has it's to like, like turn like, off and then, on. yeah, it has to turn back, off, yeah. on and then on or, or off or on, off and then on again. That's like how it electrocutes you. So, like, that's something you can only find out. And then, like, once you have him, you fucking. 
And it's like, there's all these stupid things that the game does where like, there's a lot of stupid fail states. I think my issue with the game is that there's a lot of really dumb fail states that like really did not need to be there that are just like super annoying. Like when you incapacitate the cop, he's like laying on the floor and you, I I was like, okay, I'm going to immediately handcuff this guy. And I handcuffed him and I started looking through his phone because you can like look through his messages. And then all of a sudden, like I hear something in the background, I'm like, what the fuck? And he's gotten up. He walks up to you and headbutts you and knocks you out and you have to start the whole loop over. <laughs> That's like it's 10 like, minutes of my life wasted when this guy is fucking handcuffed on the ground. Just let me fucking do it. So what you have to do is you have to like shoot him in the leg or stab him or something so that he'll talk to you. Or he but won't, also like, you have to like shoot him in the leg and like assume that you're not going to kill him from bleeding out while he's passed out. You from have the light to switch. use the time to like, so, like interrogate him. But it, it, it's like so insane because like the it's like, OK, this guy, I don't know like how you're like there's there's no logic building up that implies that like, oh, if you shoot him, he won't die. So you're like, well, you just have to try everything. Yeah, there's like a lot of fail states that are really, really stupid. And that if you if you find that fail state, you have to start over and then like redo it when it's like, come on, dude, I could have just fucking hidden in the closet and like immediately, you know, like think about Groundhog Day or some shit where they like immediately get to the point where they can like (laughs) they already know what's going to happen and they can like they're like doing shit before it happens or whatever. All that stuff. It's like, come on, man. Like you're yeah, telling- there's not really like there's not really a ton of stuff in the game. I mean, granted, so I quit halfway because I was like, "Fuck this game," I'm like not enjoying this. I don't. I'm like not enjoying the fact that a major part of a run has to be drugging your wife. Also, like you have to watch your wife get like beat. Like it's very, it's like weirdly violent. Like, and I say that as someone it's who's edgy. like, it's dude, it's trying it's to like, be like high art God. via edginess, and it's just like this is not. You didn't earn this. Like this isn't compelling and dude the ending is the absolute stupidest we'll get to the ending the other thing i want to say though is too is like so not only is like moving around uh so finding all the bullshit combinations and fail states sucks moving around in this game also fucking sucks you the mouse feels like a boat i don't know what they did to make the like control feel so bad (laughs) but it just like it feels so bad to control like you had one job is to make clicking stuff feel fine and like, it feels terrible. It, the yeah. other thing that it's also like Red Dead Redemption horse is that there's also this sort of like bullshit pixel hunting with the dialogue progressions. So it is not the case that you can exhaust yeah. dialogue options and then like sort of know you're good. You have to like traverse the dialogue tree in the right way each time. Otherwise, like you'll get a bad run. And I, when I figured that out, I was like, fuck this. Like, this is not fun this is bullshit and it is not like exciting. I don't feel smart. I don't feel like this is interesting gameplay. This is like so tedious and like it sucks because you fail it and it's not like, Oh, I messed up. Let me just rewind. It's like, Oh, I, it's my 10 minutes of my life are gone. And now I have to like control the slow ass mouse again to go do all these like stupid steps to like go try to get to the point where I can like not misclick a dialogue option and lock myself out of the ability to progress a run. And I was like, fuck this. I don't, I'm not going to continue playing this game. Yeah. And based on the ending, I feel like that was a good choice. (laughs) The ending is absolutely just stupid. I was just playing this game going like, are you fucking serious right now, dude? Like, (laughs) this is really what this shit is. It tries to like fight club you basically. 
And it's yeah. just like yeah, yeah, yeah. not. It's just dumb. Where it's just like they're throwing twist at you just for the fuck of it, you know? Like first, okay, this is really spoilers, okay? You find out, oh, your my your wife is the one who killed her father. And you find that out, and it's like, but you're still doing the loop. And it's like, well, why the fuck am I still here? And then it's like, oh, actually, the her dad didn't die when she shot him. He survived, and then someone else killed him. And then it's like, oh, shit. And then it's like, oh, you do more, you do more loops, but wasting your time. And then it's like, the person who killed him was actually his, the stepbrother who's been like disowned. And then you go even further and then you find out, oh shit, I was the stepbrother all along. <laughs> so you're fucking married to your sister, dude. You, they literally reveal at the end of this game that you're married to your fucking sister and that you've just been sitting in like some sort of weird hypno psychotherapy sessions with <laughs> her father, who is also the cop in this time loop. <laughs> and you, dude, this is all fucking real. This is how this game goes. I know it's and it's just like, like it's just so stupid. This and the other thing too about this is that like all these like dumb little next step plot beats at like each point, it feels like the game is done. And that's yeah. like, what's also annoying is that there's like literally nothing compelling you to move forward through this game, especially because it fucking sucks to play. So it's never like, Oh, I like my little box in the top left says I haven't solved the mystery yet. It's like, Oh, I think I figured it out. Also, this game sucks to play. So like, is it over? Cause I don't really want to, I feel like I did it. And you're just like, I haven't seen credits yet. So I guess I didn't. And then you're like, well, what do I do? And it's like, I don't know, try stabbing your wife, I guess. Like, it's fucking stupid. It's like, ah, it's so like, it's just actively annoying to play this game. And the thing that sucks is that this thing could be very cool. Like, I think that Josh, you brought this up on the discord. Like, I think that from a bad end perspective, we want to see more shit like this, but like, we don't want to see this. Yeah. Like, don't do this like bullshit stuff where you're like, I don't even know, like, like every rule feels like it was broken and not in like a cool way. It's just like all this stuff is just annoying and tedious. And it's That's like, the thing, uh, man, like, is like, we want, I want to, I want this to be so good. Like I was so excited to play this game. Like, like, like this game has been in development for a very long time. Like rock, paper, shotgun has been like from high praises singing this game and like whatever state it's been for a very long time. And so it came out, I was like, finally I can fucking play 12 minutes and Jesus, like this fucking clip we're watching what the it fuck yeah um yeah um coconut says this sounds so fucking stupid i'm glad you just got in on this but um <laughs> it's honestly there are parts of this game where i was like damn this is really cool i i think like yeah. especially toward the beginning when i was like i'm able to like you know re if you there's like a there's parts of the a part of the game there's like a certain segment of the game that you're playing like maybe 20 25 minutes where you see the possibility spaces being like a lot bigger than it actually is and then you start yeah. stubbing your toe on all the shit where it's like oh we got to railroad you into this and you get into like the couple frustration hours where you're just like doing all the fucking dialogue option hunting and then like failing at things that you really shouldn't be failing on because like you have the right idea the game just wants you to do the same thing yeah using a different tool and it's like it just starts breaking down more and more and more and more. And then the ending comes and it's just like, 
wow, dude, you just <laughs> totally lost me with the shit where it's just like, it feels like, yeah, it's someone trying to do like a fight club style ending or like an old boy style thing where it's like, yeah, a yeah, disgusting yeah. tale of like human fucking revenge <laughs> and healing and dealing with your past and shit like that. And it's just like, it hasn't earned any of that, not just because the gameplay isn't very good, but because, or I don't want to say the gameplay isn't very good because like there are certain mechanics that again, like feel really neat to be interacting with it at the beginning but the execution is just like kind of not there with it and yeah you just hit that ending and it's like you you got fucking willem dafoe james mcavoy <laughs> and who's daisy ridley daisy ridley i you i honestly can't even tell that these are these people willem yeah, dafoe it's yes weird. it's very clearly willem dafoe but like everyone else i'm like i could not I was like, is James McAvoy supposed to come later in this game? Because I feel like he has a pretty distinctive <laughs> yeah. voice, but I did yeah. not. I was not hearing James McAvoy in there, you know, um, but it's just like you got these people for this fucking game and you had them do this knockoff fucking old boy shit. That's just like not interesting and just it just it makes no sense. The ending of this game, it's and it's just like there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just being edgy for the sake of it. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I would play 10 more games, like 12 minutes than I would like play some other like bullshit, like Ubisoft thing. But it's annoying that like, this is the thing like, cause the yeah. formula is really compelling. Like, and it actually reminds me a lot of like really old school, like flash escape room games, like, um, like crimson room or something was what I was like really thinking about when I was playing this. Uh, and it's mm. like stuff like that was really compelling. Cause it's like, you have a scene that sort of changes in front of your eyes as you understand the possibility space of the thing. And like, that is really compelling, but then they're like doing all this stuff to sort of wedge your progress in it. That just makes it like such a frustration to play that you can't like, it's just like annoying. Yeah. It's, God. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted this to be so much better. And yeah. I was like, so fiercely disappointed. Also, just to really reiterate, it is like very fucked up that like a major part of this game is just you have to continually drug your wife. You to have to progress. do that a lot in this game. A lot. And like, not only that, but like you have to, or like you watch a dude like beat your wife, like from the curtains, just like sort of punching this woman you're supposed to care about. Yeah. You can also like stab your wife. Uh, I never tried that. But it's just like, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like It's not... Like that's not compelling. Yeah, it gives like, you the space where it's like even, you gotta try doing like, a bunch of stuff, and then one of those even things in stuff like, like Old Boy or like, I mean, like Michelle Hanukkah, fucking like, there's a way you can do violence on screen that actually makes it sort of be scarier than like having it where uh, you just see it. And the, this game is like, if you look at it, it's fucking edgy. And you're like, no, like yeah. I don't need to see this dude punch my wife to know that this is scary. And if anything, it makes it feel more cheap. And it also makes it feel sort of like less violent in this weird way. I don't, it's just like, it's like you're ways like to, a dog yeah. and they're holding your nose to your own shit. And they're like, smell. Yeah. And it's like, you got to drug your wife. That's the only way that this shit works. You got to drug your wife for like the whole back half of this the game only every way, single time. That's the only way that he'll go into the room and turn all the light switch and pass out. <laughs> like, come on. Really, dude? That's your, like, that's the whole thing in a nutshell, right? It's like the rationale for why you have to drug your wife is so that the guy 
goes into the room we'll turn on a light to switch. turn on a light switch and get electrocuted. But you know, what's also funny is that like I I did this, I tried this thing which should work in my opinion, and it's dumb that it doesn't, which is that when he has her arrested, she's saying like your wife's saying like, aren't you going to come out and help me? And he's like, what is someone else here? And he looks in the bathroom. He turns on the light. Okay. The light's off. He goes into the room. The light is off in the bedroom and he doesn't fucking yep. turn on the light. Yep. Yep. It's like he's searching a fucking bedroom, but he doesn't turn on the lights. Come on, dude. And then it's like, no, he's not going to turn on the light switch for that. But you, if you drug your wife and he goes in there, and look for her, then he'll do, he'll it. do it. Look, buddy. All you got to do <laughs> is put some pills in your wife's drink. <laughs> she goes to the bed and then he's going to turn on the light and pass out for a little bit. All right. And you got to do that shit because that like from that, that's like the second kind of like portion of the game is like post. Yeah. You drugging your wife. <laughs> yes. like, literally, you just keep repeating. It's just like, but this is literally what the game is. It's just like, drug your wife, drug your wife, and then okay, so okay, go here, drug my wife. Set go, the okay, yeah, it's, yeah. Then, yeah. it's like you getting good at the game is not like you mastering time and space. It's like you setting the table, <laughs> yeah, you drugging your, you wife, drugging your wife, and then you like trying something new with this guy who breaks into your house, trying to like fuck with him in new ways. It's like, come on, man, twelve minutes, just uh. It is what we want, but it's not what we wanted. Not, not how we wanted. Not how we yeah. wanted it, you know? Um, good Lord. Oh, man. You know what I also played, dude? What'd you play, man? I just remember this. I played Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh. And I don't... You actually played it? Yeah, I beat the game. It's like four hours or something like that. Oh, wow. I thought it was much longer. Yeah, me too. And it ended and I was just like, oh. It felt like a flash game. Really? It's like a dungeon crawler, right? Like yeah, but there's very... literally two dungeons. Oh. And then that's the end of the game. Boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> I wrote boyfriend fungin. Boyfriend. It is pretty fun. <laughs> um, It looks good. Dude, I don't really know what to say about this game. I don't know what to say. I like there's some stuff about it that's like cool, I guess. But other parts that were just like, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I, I don't really know. I feel like a bad person for this. Too soft core. It's yeah. It's not just like soft, it's not like a soft wave. core thing. It's just like it's not really weak wave. But okay, one of the big things when this game came out was that like people were really pissed that there was this character that like he's an asshole and like a fucking stalker and a weirdo, and that like he's like following you. He's like basically texting you all the time and blowing up your phone after you like reject him basically. And spoiler alert. Okay. Actually go forward like 15 seconds. This is like a really short spoiler, but he turns out to be the main villain of the game. Okay. He's literally the main <laughs> villain of the game. And it says at the beginning of the game, like it's like a trigger warning basically that there's like, this kind of behavior, like dudes acting like kind of creepy and stuff. There's actually like a few creepy ass dudes in this game who are like weirdly like texting you and shit. Um, and just like really emotionally laying it on thick, but people got like really pissed that like, this was like a thing in this game. And they were like, I couldn't play it, but I, I don't even really want to talk about that because it's like, you know, if like 
a lot of people are going to have different problems with video games and like that's their prerogative but it's just like about how the developer responds to that kind of thing i personally don't really i don't know what else do you do if you put a freaking warning in your game saying like that this is in there and then it happens it's like what are you what else could you want i, I don't know and then 12 minutes comes by and then it doesn't get the same kind of response even though you're like drugging your wife over and over yeah. i don't know it's like it feels like almost if you're catering to a community that like cares a lot about this kind of thing you're more likely to get shot down for it than if you don't give a fuck about what that community thinks about you so it's like why even try you know but um yeah that being said like this game is it's fun i think there's some like interesting characters and it's like really cute and it's, it feels very like tumblr core in the sense that it feels very like fanficy to me um hmm. but part of that is like this very like fun um just like kind of frictionless world where you're living out your like fantasy as like a young person who's like got everyone in this city fallen in love with you as like any good dating sim would would do but at times that kind of feels to me like it's almost too too much it lays it on a little bit too thick for me sometimes and i i, I don't really know where to take that because it's like <laughs> i i still haven't like fully sorted out my thoughts on it but it's like it feels like it's really trying to be inclusive and it feels like it's really trying to keep in account like a lot of the big kind of criticisms about video games um, over the last like, you know, decade or so, which is cool. But at the same time, it's like at a certain point, you just got to realize you kind of can't please everyone. And again, and again, like just as evidenced by like the, the response to this creepy character in the game i don't really know what else how far you can take the like trying to please everyone approach before you're gonna run into something like that i think no matter how hard you try like you're gonna run into something that's like gonna upset someone and like you the you should be sensitive to all these things i'm not saying you shouldn't it's just like at what point do you let go of that you know it feels like the person who made this game really cared that like nobody on twitter would get mad at them and it happened anyway so it's like i'm not saying make a freaking alt-right game i'm saying like <laughs> you gotta make your compromise you gotta like pick your battles and sometimes it feels like this to me on the opposite side like i almost feel like they tried to make the game almost too frictionless like they made it too far in the direction of like i didn't want to piss anybody off you know which is like I think looking at some of the dialogue, it's it's also very it looks like it's very sort of online written. Like it is. when like Donut County came out, we were like, this feels like it was written by someone who like only reads Twitter. Uh, it's like not like actually like people don't talk like this. It's like it's not like a style. It's like yeah. It feels like it's like made for someone's friends who are like spent all their time on Twitter or whatever social media we're talking about. Which is I think, okay. I think that just after like something like donut County, I was like, Oh, this, this is not for me. This is not like, I'm not part of this audience. I'm not part of this thing. I'm not going to try to engage with this. Cause it's like not going to hit for me. And I feel like, I mean, Kit Fox has like a really passionate audience of people who play all their games. So I'm like, Oh, like they're making it for those people. That's totally cool. 
and it's not for me. And I mean, the same way I'm making fucking cantata, people are not going to like cantata. And I'm like, very okay with that. I'm like, I'm not making it like, if you like boyfriend dungeon, like you might not like cantata and that's totally okay. (laughs) That doesn't mean you have to like play it and everyone's got to like it. But I also like, I make no like statements about cantata trying to like, I'm not trying to court uh, a very specific audience for it outside of people who like the type of game that it is. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, what's probably hard about boyfriend dungeon was that they were trying very hard to court a very specific audience for who the game was. And I think that people might've felt like misled or like, it doesn't even matter if it was like people, it could be like one person who felt like the game wasn't living to their expectations of what they expected, especially around like content warnings and stuff. Right. And like that one person and like they went on Twitter and just like, sort of like raised hell about this thing. And like to the point where like the voice actor of this like villain character is like getting like harassed on Twitter. And it's like, what the fuck? Like what, how is that your lesson is that someone does something you don't like and you go harass them despite them like seemingly trying very hard. Yeah. It's the whole situation around it is weird. Yeah. But it seems like the game is doing well in spite of that. And like you said, it's totally fucking insane that like boyfriend dungeon does. It's like damnedest to be like, Hey, there's a character who's sort of stalkery, like watch out. And then 12 minutes, zero content warnings. Hey, drug your wife pretty consistently. Uh, sorry if you had someone die from the opioid, opioid crisis. Sorry if your parents died from a drug. Sorry if uh, someone got punched in the face or st- it's like, it's it's such a weird like double standard of like who who gets to be outraged at what and what gets to be outraged at. Yeah. And that's I think that's what really sucks, especially for someone like Kid Fox, where they're they would never say this online, right? But like looking at something like 12 minutes and being like, what the fuck? Like, why is there literally zero anything about that game doing its like insanity for how it treats its humans in its game and us trying so hard to like be nice and kind who get all the shit. And that's, you know, that's fucked up. And it's, it has a bit of the like Tacoma syndrome for me. I know that has like a lot more uh, connotations now with the whole Fulbright <laughs> thing. But um, Tacoma to me, like at times felt like with its diversity that it was like, it rubbed me the wrong way for reasons that I kind of approach a bit more in that episode. I don't want to like kind of retread them here as much, but what there's like a lot of very diverse guys that you, that try to woo you in this game like there's this like you know hispanic looking you know dude here who's hitting on you and he's got like a six pack and he's got like a kind of goth vibes long hair um and uh you know one of the people who hits on you is literally a k-pop star um and they're talking like they're talking about like yeah, like my agent has like a bunch of tracking like stuff on me to like monitor how much I eat and it's a big problem. And he, he like comes to you with all his like K-pop star problems and he's like offloading all his like, yeah, like all the body standards are like so difficult and stuff. And it's like, I okay, like it's cool that you have a diverse cast of hot guys in this game, but <laughs> I'm like the weirdness of like someone else writing these people who are like your idealized version of like what a Korean dude talks to you like, or what like this like Latin lover talks to you like type thing rubs me the wrong way. And it's again, like maybe I'm just 
being weirdly sensitive to this because the game tries so hard with it. But it's also like when you make more diverse game, like you gotta, you start like approaching things from perspectives that like maybe you don't have the full scoop on. And like one of the credited people in this game is like a sense of sensitivity coordinator or something like that. Sensitivity consultant or something like they clearly had like someone who was like cued in with all the disc tours telling them like what they should be or should not be concerned about. But I'm like, how many cultures is that person of, you know, like mm-hmm. how nobody can be culturally sensitive to every single thing unless you have like one person of every ethnicity in this game, you know, like it's a weird thing that you start approaching but um it yeah some parts of this game did feel weird to me for that reason but i don't know that's a boyfriend dungeon i don't really know what else to say about it dude how's know. the gameplay <laughs> um it's i right. it's a bit heavy a bit clunky mm. Mm. what's their cultural sensitivity power level um i'm not sure I'd have to replay the game. Could you go to LinkedIn? Can I go check him out? On but LinkedIn? there's, yeah, there's like gear, there's leveling. Each boyfriend manifests as like a sword. So like you take them into the, the dunge, D-U-N-J. <laughs> um, and yeah, but it's, there's a lot of very like texting, dating texting in this game. Which is interesting. Did you see that? You got dudes blowing you up your that phone. Thread? Like, hey baby, how you Did doing? You see that thread on Twitter? That like there was like some famous couple got divorced or this dude announced that he was like leaving his wife. I you know saw like about? 10 of these this week. Like, and there was one of them was the guy was like, you don't know what it's like out here, man. No people out here talking about pegging. <laughs> you know what a group, you know what a group chat is. Okay. What? Mind. I feel like that's, yeah. Part of me is like, I wonder, I mean, granted the people who made this game, I think, I, I think I, do you know some people who worked on this game and they're all like older, like our age. But I also wonder like, could you actually make a game about like dating? I guess maybe you could, I couldn't. I'm like, I don't know what, what is it? How do you make a fucking dating game in 2021? What does dating look like? People still use Tinder. Like, I don't know. Um, maybe we're just old and like I this could. really hits with like 16 year olds. You could, that's why I said, I mean, I, I, pretty familiar with that scene more than i would like to be do Um, you feel like this game accurately represents your experience dating no absolutely not you're telling me the women you date don't turn into swords that you take into the dunge (laughs) figuratively speaking perhaps i don't know how i don't know what that analogy stretches out to but you guys do the math on that one i don't know i didn't i don't even have anything in mind for that one but um yeah, I I don't know. I think like there's also a tradition of like fanfic here that is definitely being catered to that I'm not really yeah. privy to or like I've never really had that like But you background. did like Paradise Killer, which I feel like is very adjacent to what I've seen of Boyfriend but Dungeon. But it's also like Paradise Killer is also like not trying to be like super earnest about it. You know, mm. and it's through this like disconnected lens of the end of the world and demonic power and shit like that, which I really liked about that game. Whereas this was like your friends on Twitter We're on Santa Monica but with swords. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to talk about just slightly because I'll probably talk about this next episode, but I played a little bit of Psychonauts 2 
Ooh, and I'm trying to get into that. Holy shit, dude. This game is it I played like maybe an hour and a half of it and this shit blew my socks off, dude. Really? Visually, it is one of the most incredible games I've ever seen in my life, Damn. dude. High praise. The art Very direction is on another level. It's like, did you play the first one, Kyle? I tried playing the first Psychonauts and I sort of got, I don't know, I just like bounced off of it. But I'm making, the praise for two is making me want to try one and Dude, then go into two. Because I also hear two does like nothing to onboard you. It feels like you're playing through like some children's cartoon, like a Dexter's Lab from that era of cartoon mixed with like Tim Burton-esque art design or like art style. And that level of like, you know, 90s cartoon level of writing. So it's all very like, it's funny. It's, it's quippy, but not like corny. Um, And it's fun. It's just like, it's a lot of fun, but you're just going the whole, the whole conceit of psychonauts is that you're going into people's brains and dealing with their subconscious and seeing their dreams and what's in their minds. And it just takes that idea and to the absolute maximum dude, like you're in these people's dream spaces that are just absolutely bonkers. Like this person is like a dentist and like, I guess warning if you're kind of creeped out by teeth stuff, but, and this is, I guess sort of a spoiler for like the first hour of psychonauts but you're going into all sorts of just crazy you can see it here on the video places yeah. and just the detail man there's like shit everywhere it feels like just just the act of looking around you know when you see a game like a red dead redemption where the detail of the world is just amazing but it's just like drawn out over these large spaces of like oh wow look at that mountain look at this city look at the people mm-hmm. on the sidewalks this game is like Look at this fucking wall. Look at these posters. Look at the the way that these filing cabinets are shaped. And even within the first hour of this game, it was taking me to places that I was just like in absolute awe about. Like I'm in someone's subconscious. I'm like tying people's thoughts together. The gameplay somewhat clunky. It's like action platformer with some combat along the lines of like a crash bandicoot. No, it's way less linear than like a crash bandicoot, maybe like a Jack and Daxter type thing um, mm-hmm. with like, you know, kind of special powers that you can use and stuff like that. I'm kind of skipping around the, the gameplay in the video if you're watching us uh, on video, but you're like in people's subconscious and these like fragmented parts of their brains. And it's just this beautiful implementation of like where people's heads are. Um, some of it is like really weird and disturbing. Some of it is like really kind of touching. Um, mm-hmm. But all of it is just amazing to look at. And I feel like with the first Psychonauts, that was, you know, I you've said this a lot about how Zelda Breath of the Wild is like, this is what Hyrule Field actually is, you know? Whereas right, right, if right. you think about like Ocarina of Time, you go into Hyrule Field and it's like, wow, it's a big field. But it's also like an abstraction of what a big field actually looks like because they didn't have the processing power at the time to actually create a yeah. humongous field. But when you go into it in Breath of the Wild and you you actually, this field is actually massive. Like it would take you 20 minutes to run across this field it hits you in a different way. That's what this game is to Psychonauts 1, where it's like, 
oh, mm. like you're in people's subconscious. Like that's so cool. But it felt like just like a video game, like a normal video game platformer. Right, right, right. But this is like, it really feels like this game at the drop of a hat could take you anywhere if this person's mindset changed in like the blink of an eye. You will go from like, the recesses of someone's mind into like a very specific memory of like a specific time. And it just, it, it is constantly throwing these changes at you. And it's also like paper Mario slash like Mario Odyssey esque in that it feels like when you've seen one environment, like it'll go into like back of a hospital, back of an ambulance, traumatic memory into like a casino uh, in the same person's mind. And like, you will probably never see that ambulance again. Yeah. And like you're just constantly jumping from thing to thing to thing. And I just got to say this game, it's it's absolutely blowing my socks off right now. Um and I'm excited. That's to like try an it, hour and a half sure. in. It is on Xbox or uh it's on Game Pass. Game Pass. So I mean Bing bang boom. I haven't even seen this shit. This is wild. Um apparently there's some kind of mini game right here. I've I've literally never seen this. It's 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 wild, dude. I I don't really know like, look at this. I'm excited to check it out, man. Look at this art direction. Like I, I, dude. Just like the, it's like super. I also wonder, like, because I, I don't know. Double Fine stuff has never really hit for me. I've like really appreciated them and like their whole vibe. But every time I play their games, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not like about it. This one feels like, I think, I don't, I don't want to chalk it up to the thing you were saying where Psychonauts 2 is like, they finally have enough processing power to do something interesting. Um, but I do feel like that might be working in their favor here, especially because like Tim Schafer's whole creative direction vibe, like is sort of like detailed and like, uh, almost like, like wet and like globular and fuzzy and stuff. Like there's like, even just looking at the trailer, right. The forms that we're seeing in a lot of the environments are like very soft, uh, which means like a lot of polygons and he doesn't think and like, it seems like his art is not so much like, you know, Half-Life 2 source engine, like brutalism, which is very easy to render on a computer. You don't need a lot of processing power to make like a skyscraper look interesting. You do need a lot of, if you're pushing like a ton of soft curved triangles and shit, like it plays out perfectly in computer. this, this, this environment right here, like that you're looking at. Yeah. So like everything we're looking at here, everything is like soft curved rounded edges, which is just like at a baseline, it's going to cost you more for like a processing power perspective. And so I'm, I don't want to say it's all because of that, but I am excited to play it where it feels like maybe the, like his creative spirit is sort of unbounded in the way that Psychonauts one, you know, when I played it, it was like, Oh, this feels like Mario, but like a little worse. And like, also like the, the lighting in Psychonauts one, if I remember was like really bad. (laughs) This is like hard to see what's going on. Cause you can even see it here. Like Raz is like sort of orange. Yeah. And there was a lot of like Browns and stuff in Psychonauts one. I was like, I guess it started looking bouncing around like a forest all the time. Like you really so had I'm to excited do to play a this, lot though. of work to fill in the space between like what the game was trying to be and what it like could yeah. be, you know, what it's like vision yeah. was and what was actually in front of you. There was a large gap, but if you could do the, the labor in your brain of like filling that gap. If you had the imagination space there, it was a very cool game. But even then it was like clearly not everything that it was trying to be. Cause it couldn't, they're just, right. that just the tech wasn't there. The resources for them to do that kind of experiences experience weren't there. And psychonauts too, 
like right out the gate feels like, holy shit, they're doing it. And I was not expecting that at all, man. I'm not, I'm really not lying to you. Like Psychonauts 1 was one of those games where I was like, I love the concept. I love the idea of this game, but it does. But like, and then when I played it, I had to kind of acknowledge the fact that it wasn't like what it's promise was and this game feels very much like it is which is a really pleasant surprise to me because i was not i wasn't even i this hasn't hadn't even registered on my radar this year as something that could do this because there hasn't i haven't feel like there hasn't been much marketing around it or something but well they did like a kickstarter i think like forever ago and it's sort of been just like slow boil in the background and they got got bought by microsoft too so i think that it's probably been like a very low burn for a while yeah but it is yeah it is wild it is wild man that's exciting i mean i've seen a ton of positive praise for this game so i'm excited to give it a give it a whirl yeah highly highly recommend checking that one out but that's uh that's all i got for y'all this week i played one other game that i might play more on vacation that i just want to briefly mention mm-hmm. uh i played starbase do you know about starbase no, I do not. Starbase. So Starbase is, I don't remember what the company made it's called. I want to say it's by Frozen Bite. I could be wrong. Um, but so Starbase is... Obsidian Ant? Um, yes. This is the game. I don't think it's by Obsidian Ant. That's the streamer. Oh, never mind. Um, Lol. So Starbase is like, I'm trying to think the best way to describe this. This is not a perfect analogy, but it's almost like Valheim in space. So Starbase is being worked on for a very long time and it's in, went to early access like a month ago now. Frozen Bite. And it's sort of, yeah, it's Frozen Bite, yeah. So it's sort of like, uh, it's kind of like what you might've expected Star Citizen to be a bit. So the game is in space. Um, there are space stations. We're seeing that on the video now. And the thing is that you can build your own ships and there's a player driven economy. So it's a MMO, um, all one universe, sort of like Eve, but everything is in real time and you're building your ships with minerals and shit that either you or other players have mined from like the asteroid belt that's around the planet that you sort of are close to. So you're like literally building ships in space that then you can go fly around with other people, but in sort of the um, inside of like a player driven economy. So like you only have stuff to buy in the marketplace if people are sort of making them, um, mostly like raw materials and stuff. Um, but the other thing that we're seeing here is that the sort of scale of building is like totally insane. So um, there's a sort of mix of like voxel engine tech for the ships combined with sort of mesh deformation stuff. So ships like when they get shot actually sort of like break apart and they like lose pieces and stuff. And also the way you build ships is like, you're literally like laying out beams and like running cable and wire to like hook up engines that need fuel from fuel rods. And you have like controls that you have to map with like programming stuff actually to like controls to control your thrusters. So it's like just a very, very, very deep space civil space simulation game. That's like sort of a step above space engineers in terms of what it's like trying to specifically do in part because it's like a MMO. So you have these huge space stations that people are like orbiting around and landing and working on their ships and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's definitely not as sort of casual friendly as something like Valheim, like Valheim's very easy and we can just jump in and start cutting logs. Like you kind of really got to be part of like 
a clan a little bit in Starbase to really do big stuff. Um, but you can also be like your own little It's not like freelancer. instanced like Valheim, is it? No, so it's all one shared world. So you can fly somewhere and you'll see other people that there. Is and wild. You can, multiple people can man ships. You can have heck? like, you can like build a fucking Millennium Falcon where someone's like made in the turret and someone's flying it. Like there's tractor beams. It's like, it's sort of wild. Um, and like these games might imagine, there's a very passionate uh, sort of engaged community with it. Um, and like there's PVP and stuff and you can also like players can build their own stations, so you can actually start setting up trade networks with like other guilds and stuff. So it's, it's, it's really, what it really is, is that it's sort of taking something like Eve and saying like, what if you were actually like a person inside the world of Eve and not in the way that Eve has tried to do that in the past, which I know they have tried to do. This is like, you're flying the ships there. You're building the stations, you're running the economy it's not this like weird turn-based tick thing when there's a lot of people like in Eve. It's very much like sort of centered on you as a person and the ships that you can build or crew. Um, so it's fucking, it's totally wild. Like the, it works, which is sort of insane. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's quite the thing. Um, I think it's doing pretty well on Steam. It's one of these games where like, no, no like gamer publications necessarily going to write about this because it's like sort of too simulation e even as it's not super simulation e um, but it's one of these games that has like a huge audience that just like nobody talks about um so i've been sort of enjoying playing this a little bit when i can hoping to play it more on vacation uh you can mine asteroids as this person's doing on the video now Literally so. just like went into space went pulled up to an asteroid got out of the ship and like floated over the asteroid and is hitting it with a pickaxe and now he's going to like gather the materials which go into the storage on the ship that you have to fly back to the space base to then cash in for money Wow. Et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. It's like almost like and a Minecraft like in stuff. space too. Yeah. The Valheim yeah, comparison. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're, where you're going with that. Yeah. It's not a, like a, not a perfect comparison. It's like some, it's like the cross between like Eve, Valheim, Minecraft situation. Whoa, That's this. sort of where we're, where That's we're at. Space base, dude. Holy crap. Yeah, man. Okay. Wow. Space base? Yeah, space so star base. Star base. Space base. Not Starfield, which is the Bethesda game. This is Star Base. Star Citizen. The frozen base game. Also not Star Citizen. This is yeah, it's sort of like Star Citizen. But you can build your ship. But it's out. And it's out. You can and you play don't have it. to pay hundred K for a ship. Nope. You've got to pay thirty dollars for, for an early <laughs> access game. Or forty dollars. I don't remember. It's it's funny yeah. seeing this like at the beginning of this clip that was like the person just like chopping up a ship with a chainsaw or like a, yeah. a circle saw yeah, yeah yeah and remember when like red faction was the whole thing was like you could destroy destructible everything environments yeah. like that was like a whole thing yeah. for like a generation it was like man someday we'll have you can break stuff in a video game imagine that yeah and now it's just like you got yeah. this freaking game i've never heard of that's just doing it like casually the <laughs> It's a great time to be a gamer. You know, if you're into the fanfic yeah. scenario, you could go just do that whole thing. Um, Hell yeah. It's her, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Bad End Podcast. I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, yeah. This has been Bad End Podcast, Kyle. Great to have you. Of course, man. Glad to be back. Glad to have the cantata out in the world. People playing it. Hopefully I'll have more. Look forward to the game development episode. We'll do it at some point. We'll talk more about all the fun, weird stuff of game development, but 
yeah, man. Glad to be back. All right, man. We'll see you in a couple weeks. I'm glad to take a vacation. Again, uh, enjoy yeah. your break. We are Bad End Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Bad End Podcast. Um, you can find us on email. You can email us at badendpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support us, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash bad end. That'll get you access to the Superculture Discord, thriving community of thriving. great folks. I played tennis with one of our folks from the Discord a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, nice. It's it's just a cool place. Um, meeting people online is like such a tr- from the internet is like such a trip, <laughs> isn't it? You know? Um, this person in particular, like, I pulled up and... This guy is like tall. He's got like, he looks like just like a pro tennis player. And I was like, I thought this guy was you're just like, like there. Oh, and shit. he's like, oh yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, you're you're the guy. You're the guy for the disc. I'm like, this guy listens to Bad End Podcast? What? <laughs> That's wild. But yeah. Federer listens to Bad End? Who knew? Everyone, no, everyone from that I've met from the show has, is like seriously great. Like just really fun people yeah. to hang out with. So uh, if you want to meet new people, it's a good place for that. We do have a lot of hangouts in real life. We've been doing a lot more recently too. Um, but yeah, join that. Support us, uh, Superculture Network. We got a bunch of other podcasts, Bullet Points, Funland, Heterotopias, Superculture Review. Um, I think. Idea of Evil, the Berserk podcast. Oh yeah, Superculture Review. Um, Idea of oh, Evil yeah. is yeah. part of the super, Superculture Review. Um, anyway, we will see you in a few weeks. And until then... Later, skaters. See you, everybody.